All right, you guys ready for some music now? All right, really quickly so these guys can get going. Listen to this disc jockey's introduction. Here we are. I, uh, Welcome. This is our bonus episode. We're going to tweak this up a little bit. Normally, bonus. normally our second episode of the month is usually a episode where we bring in a super special secret friend. We're not doing that this time. We want to kind of like highlight and spotlight some of the records that we weren't able to include on our top 11 that we still want to talk about that yep. we didn't feel like either A, didn't fit in or B, stuff that we got after the fact. Yeah. But it should be known, Lightning Licks Vinyl Preservation Society is a collective of record collecting enthusiasts whose mission is to celebrate and examine our often unhealthy, obsessive, and intimate relationship we share with the physical media that is vinyl records. That's what it that is. That is our mission statement. That it is. My name is Jay. Yes. Across the snowflake table cover for me <laughs> is my friend, my musical life partner, my oh. musical sensei. Yeah. Dion. Hey, how's it going out there? Everybody out there at Podcast America, thanks for tuning in. Happy 2024. Fuck yeah. So as I said, this is kind of our runoff. From our best We were able to talk about some of the stuff that we kind of wanted to talk about, but we weren't able to do in our top 11, but we thought that they were worthy enough to give it some... uh, Honorable mentions, I guess you could call it. For sure. We hope you're having a great new year already. It's, it's, (laughs) It's only a couple weeks in, but God... Let's be positive about this shit. Yes, I think it's going to be great. It is going to be 2024. It's going to be the year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the year. So, um, do you want me to start? Or you want to start? I don't know. I feel like that was so abrupt. Like, holy shit. That butt in, like, hey, do you want to go? You want to do this thing? (laughs) But this is the time. Yeah, stick it in. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is bad. I'm sorry about that. Now, normally we'd have a special super secret friend. We're going to talk about some music. We're not going to have that this time. We are each other's super secret special friends. Exactly. So we just want to kind of top off 2023 in grand fashion. So yeah, go ahead, Dan. You seem pretty eager to go. Let's let's, uh, <laughs> let's stick it in. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about a rapper named Odyssey who released. I think it's his tenth studio record. He also has some instrumental records and other things. He's a rapper and producer from D.C., our nation's capital. He's been a successful studio artist and performer in the underground rap scene for about fifteen years or so. So way back in January of twenty-three, he released his tenth studio record. To what end? And I kind of love it. Now, Odyssey is smart. He's very lyrical. A lot of substance in his bars. This was true to form in that regard. Some of the production had to grow on me a little bit. He used a lot of live instrumentation in the past few albums that he put out. This time around, it sounds a little more sample-based, and I think that kind of took me by surprise. But after a few listens, I more easily caught the groove of this record. And lyrically, as always, very impressive. A few featured MCs on this as well. Freeway, whom I love. Bilal was probably the most notable from the Soul Quarians, you know, uh, Soul legend. 
A lot of this could be considered conscious rap. He deals with themes of like finding comfort in his stardom. Uh, he raps about growth. He's got like a little bit of vulnerability with issues such as seeking therapy and some loose like Muslim shit. I don't completely understand, but it doesn't seem to be like radical or too scripture based. So I can fuck with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he is a spiritual individual with the nation of Islam, but it's not too preachy. To boil it down, it sounds good. He raps good and it held my interest. Leftover track that I'm going to throw on the mix is a track that is titled Many Hats. It's a lighter tune. It deals with figuring out you know, ways to deal with shit. Uh, he wears a lot of hats. He's juggling <laughs> shit, right? But he's making it work. We all wear a lot of hats. We all juggle shit. We so there's do. a little late 70s vibe in the backing tracks, which is really nice for me too. I, I always love that. It's got a nice hook that is sung. I don't know if it's sampled or it's sung by somebody, but it's rad. So check it out. <laughs> I love that. I like it. It's good. He raps good. <laughs> He's a good rapper. <laughs> He's a good, if that doesn't get you going, nothing will. Hey, listen, guy. This is a good He's rapper. He's good. He's a good rapper. You should buy it. Yeah. Odyssey to what and <laughs> Jay. What do you got for one of your leftover best uh, of 2023? My first one is a band called Be Your Own Pet. Yeah. They have a record that they put out last year called Mommy. Mm-hmm. The thing about that band is they were signed initially to the Ecstatic Peace label, which was initially put out. The stuff was distributed by Universal, which is still a major label. But Ecstatic Peace was kind of Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, kind of like yeah. side, or not, not side, but like a kind of yeah. a pet project that when he was band, like, like he was signing bands that he liked. Like at the time, they were teenagers. Um, I believe out of Nashville. It's like ten or fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Uh, their first record came out in two thousand six. Okay. Their second record came out in two thousand eight. Yeah. And there was kind of a buzz about that band because obviously, if you're connected to Thurston Moore, people are interested in it. And they were these kids out of Memphis who were just doing this cool ass punk rock. And both of those records are fucking amazing. Jamina Pearl, who was the singer for that band, it was like three guys. And Jamina Pearl, she put out a solo record. That didn't really do much, but honestly, I fucking loved it. Jay loved it. I loved it a lot. Yep. And then they just disappeared. Vanished. And so the last record, Get Awkward, which was released in 2008, they released this year a record called Mommy. So you do the math of how many 15 years. 15 years. There we go. It was really cool because I love that band, and it was kind of sad to see them go. And this new release is really, it's fucking cool. And I love, it was put out by Third Man because Jamina is actually married to Ben Swank, yeah. who is one of the Ben's. One of the third men. Dudes. One of the third men Ben's. Yeah. <laughs> third man, <laughs> which is cool. It's a great record, though. And honestly, it stands on its own. The cover is cool because it has the band at like a domestic dining room table. And Jamina is leaned over in like all black. Latex. Latex rubber with her blonde hair, totally like setting it apart from everything else. And I feel like this record is, it is, it's, I hate the term so much, but I'm going to use it here. It's very much about adulting. Yeah. When you're like a younger kid and you're playing punk rock and now that she's married and she's got a family and stuff too. And I hate dad rock for the most part. Like, like when bands, like when people have like kids and stuff and their stuff becomes like super limp. I hate that shit. <laughs> super limp. This record is not that. Like, I love the whole idea of her like struggling with like, the rock star and the juxtaposition of being also a mom and all that stuff too if you were a fan of beer and pet before you kind of need this in your life yeah it's, it's cool. Fucking cool. cool it's cool i didn't know of them and uh and i was impressed yeah she's super cool 
So the song that I wanted to talk about, that I want to use for the mix, mix is a song called Bad Mood. Mm-hmm. Not Bad Mood, not the CCR song. No. Bad Mood, mood Rising. And it comes in with, like, I'm in a bad mood, which is really cringy and kind of shitty. Yeah. But it kicks in, and basically the song is about, I forgot to take my meds. Holy shit, now you have to deal with this. Yeah. And I fucking. You're not going to like the other me. Kind of <laughs> exactly. I hate you and I hate me and I kind of love it. it. The whole record <laughs> is really like that and it's very, very cool. And it's really good to have them back. Like, I don't know how long they're going to be back for, but I'm glad that at least one more record that we got out of them. The song rocks. So, yeah, Mommy, A Bad Mood Rising. Check that shit out. Yeah, man. And it's Third Man. Support our Michigan brethren. Yeah. Jack White. Yeah. His label. Yeah. Do, do that. It. Do, it. do it. What do you got? I got an LP by Sparkle Horse. So it's a posthumous effort as a Mark Linko's singer-songwriter behind Sparkle Horse. He killed himself in 2010. But there were often rumors of unfinished work that fans hoped would eventually be compiled and released. In the case of Bird Machine, it was Mark's younger brother, Matt, who ended up putting the finishing touches on this record. As the instrumentals were long known to exist by the estate, but it wasn't until very recently when his brother found files of vocal mixes on, like, unlabeled hard drives, and he was able to simply match them shits up. Like, they just worked up perfectly. Oh, I guess these are the vocals for this project. So with minimal adjustments, it seems that the album was uh, really close to being finished, and the result is really, really fucking good. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Sparkle Horse, I would say that it is, and we're going to use this term again, but we'll get to it. I would say that it's indie bedroom pop. In a decent way to describe it, somewhat underground Sparkle Horse was throughout his career. More of a musician's musician than a hit maker or record seller, I would say. If you like bands like Granddaddy, if you like bands like the Silver Jews or Spiritualized, um, then you're going to like Sparkle Horse. That's kind of the vibe that his music has connected to it. Uh, Mark was a troubled guy, obviously, but he was also pretty brilliant. Often dark lyrics, unique production, and this record in particular is perhaps his most glass half full. Um, There's hope and there's beauty in his lyrics, but there's also some really fucked up shit too, which isn't um, out Out of the realm of possibility. And I I don't want to throw this in there too, but there is a certain amount of Elliot Smithness in the sense that there is this impending doom that you you don't see coming. But like when you go back and relook at the lyrics, it's like oh. Yeah, yeah. How, how do we miss that? I felt that too. A lot of these songs, though, are super crunchy and fuzzed out, and but it's also really hooky. It's there's a lot of melody. It's kind of sweet. And the song for the mix that I want to put on our mixtape that we're going to produce at the end of this episode is a song called "Oh Child," which is undeniably a Sparkle Horse ballad, as it's almost a lullaby, but eventually it dissolves into this slightly old-timey, creepy radio thing. And it could have been perfectly fit on his 2001 record probably his most popular record it's a wonderful life uh really had the same aesthetic but don't stop there if you're interested it's a really good well-rounded record he's no one-trick pony and 15 years later the entire album still sounds fresh and that's one of the things i liked about sparkle horse to begin with is his timelessness even when he was putting out records in the mid-2000s you couldn't really pin a time period on his music and he's still timeless even 15 years after this record was supposed to come out. I love that you, that Sparkle Horse, that you used the term one-trick pony for Sparkle Horse. I did that not on purpose. <laughs> I know, I know you did. I wish I would have. And also, I remember seeing this film 
it was actually I think submitted to us at the House Half Mile thing. Yeah. If you're a fan or if you're not a fan, if you become a fan, you should check out the documentary This is Sparkle Horace, which is a really great Mark Linkhouse documentary that's very worth your time. Right. Yeah. I didn't see that. Was that good? Did yeah, you watch it? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, he's okay. a true artist in every sense of the word. I mean, the sensitive singer-songwriter guy. Yeah, great doc for sure. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. And check out the album. Check out the song. Check out the mix. Check out uh, what Jay's got coming up next. <laughs> For the most part, these are records that I feel like should have made my top 2023, but did not. The next one is a band called Mega Bog, M-E-G-A space, B-O-G. I don't know why I feel the need to spell shit out for you, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, if you didn't know, now you know. She is a singer-songwriter. Her name is Erin Berge. Yeah. I'm going to keep spelling shit. I don't know why. B-R-G-Y. We saw them many, many years ago opening up for Destroyer. Uh, we're big fans. Me and my friends are huge fans of Dan Behar and Destroyer. Cool. And the last time I saw them, they opened up for them. And it was weird because I was kind of telling you about this before and I couldn't really explain it to you. But like, there was something that was like unsettling about their performance. There was something that was unsettling <laughs> about their music. And there was something unsettling about them as human beings. Like their appearance. Like, their I don't know. There, there was just something about them that just like was kind of weird and, yeah. and I want to say creepy but it was weird and even back like when they got done playing and she was at the merch table and I bought a record by them normally I'm very much engaged <laughs> with those artists yeah. but I was I was not going to lie to you I was a little bit intimidated by her and I can't tell you why and I hope I don't offend her she's not going to hear this but anyway there was something very like intriguing and interesting and unsettling about their music and they were opening up for Destroyer and so I bought some stuff from them and they have gone on to kind of follow the sonic trajectory of Destroyer, where their stuff is kind of like more weird indie pop stuff, where Destroyer kind of went off and they did records that were kind of like cocaine, synthesizer, Steely Dan, bathroom sex, 80s yeah. records. I feel like Megabog kind of went that way too. Dolphine was kind of like the first step that way. That came out in 2019. Their new record that just came out in 2023 is a record that's called End of Everything. And it's kind of a continuation of that too. There's a lot of synths, which I'm a huge fan of. It's just kind of like a complete kind of like turnaround from the stuff that I had known from them previously. And I fell in love with this record. This is like a weird story, but I was in the summertime, I was playing this record and I had all the windows open in my house. Yeah. And I was cranking it up and probably drinking. And like the next day, I was like out in the backyard. And I was talking to my neighbor, and she's like, "I don't know what you were playing the other night, but it was so good. It was so beautiful." Like and these are older neighbors of mine. Yeah. And I love the fact that they love the mega box shit. Yeah. And so they have no idea. They have no idea who she is, but I love that yeah. they loved it so much. That's but anyway, awesome. huge fan of theirs, and I like the direction that they're going into. I like the whole synthesizer thing, and I feel like everything I'm going to say is kind of diminish what they're doing. But I love that 80s synth I feel like this record is like kind of a soundtrack for an 80s film that's never been made yeah. and the song that I want to use for the mix is a song called Don't Doom Me D-O-O-M I don't know why I'm spelling shit out but I just do that Don't Doom Me comma now when I listen to that song and I don't want anybody to feel like when they hear this like I, I feel like this is going to gross some people out but when I'm listening to it it reminds me a lot of 80s like Laura Branigan stuff yeah. too and then Laura Branigan was not an artist that like, at the time like I didn't hate her I didn't love her it was she was just unavoidable she in existed. the 80s 
But as I've gotten older, I like realize how good her shit is. And I feel like this song kind of reminds me of something that she would have done. And I can hear that this band lip syncing it on Solid Gold or American Bandstand. It's very, very 80s. And it's very, very cool. Lyrically, I don't know what she's about. We've talked about this before, too. In this day and age, like I don't really like glom onto lyrics as much as I used to when I was younger. I love the fact of putting on a record and having like a chorus or a line kind of like pop out at me. Yeah. And hearing go, what the fuck is she talking about? And then going back and looking at it. So I'm not sure what she's going on lyrically. But there's a very 80s vibe to this, too. But again, not in a completely retro way. It's very modern. It's moving forward from that sound. It's a nice jumping point. And I love all of her stuff, and you should check it out. So uh, the record is Megabog, uh, End of Everything, and the song is called Don't Doom Me Me Now. Me. Mm -hmm. Okay. What what else you got there, I love it. I do, too. All right. Uh, Black Thought and L. Michael's Affair, a record entitled Glorious Game. A collaboration effort between one of my all-time favorite MCs and, and a great producer, Black Thought, of the roots, uh, of course, and L. Michaels' affair is essentially Leon Michaels. He's a multi-instrumentalist and producer from Brooklyn. Uh, he did an instrumental album of uh, Wu-Tang covers, which caught my attention a decade or so ago, and I've been a fan ever since. He's got really cool shit, retro soul to a certain degree, very cinematic in a way that black exploitation film score would be considered cinematic. It's fucking awesome. So this record obviously really cool it's more modern than i expected it to be like it's just not raps over retro instrumentals the backing tracks are more sample sounding even though they are original compositions and black thought uh he's got great storytelling some some ghetto stories uh, many crime dramas in some circumstances what was the black thought because we've talked about them before what was the black thought project that we talked about previously to this uh i think about a year ago or so and it might have been on the leftovers or it might have been after that but it was something that i missed from 20 22 he had a long awaited project with uh danger mouse yeah that's awesome i remember remember, that's how i remember that we talked about this before right you know he's non-stop okay so now the roots i've been waiting for a new roots record for the like a decade or so so it's like the illadelph half-life version of the chinese democracy at this point yeah nearly a decade in the making but that's okay (laughs) nice reference by the way that's okay because like it's going to be worth the wait i know it's going to be worth the wait for the new roots record but in the meantime a record like this really just keeps me interested the really compelling bars and it's nice to have it song that i want to put on the mixtape is a song titled the weather and it's a great story check out the track and flow it speeds up slows down yeah that speeds up the tempo fluctuates it's really dope (laughs) yeah and uh, it's one of those back-in-the-day tracks, which I also happen to love. So Peep Game, Glorious Game, the new LP from 2023 from Black Thought and L. Michaels Affair. It's worth a listen. It's a leftover banger. Check it out. <laughs> and we were listening to that because we'll get together and we'll listen to the music before we start recording. And I'm like, did that just speed up? And like, wait, did that just speed up again? Yeah. It was kind of cool. It kind of caught me off guard in the best way possible, which is cool. Yeah, right on. Yeah. What do you got? Honestly... Sub Pop had a pretty good year. I'm just yeah. going to say this. Like, like we talked about Hannah earlier. Jagu, yeah. Yep. We talked about, we didn't talk about it. Like, Mud Honey put out a new record. Bully was on, like, everyone's year-end list. So they fucking rock. And we didn't get to it. That will be in my top 20 when I actually post it on Facebook for whatever that's worth to any of you. But the other one that I came across was this woman out of um Canadian. out of Canada out of Toronto Canada her name is Debbie Friday yeah. and I walked into the electric kitchen and the record is it's called good luck 
and it has this cool black warrior princess in it. It's all a black cover, and she's wearing white boots. It's just shining out on the cover, and when you look on the back of it, she's this completely, totally, like, black warrior princess on the back cover. So I just bought that because I was just interested. I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know anything about it at all. And I got it home, and I was fucking absolutely blown away. I love what she does. It's a very much, if you are a fan of electronic music or EDM, whatever the kids are calling it, there's also a kind of a techno feel to it as well. But also, if you are my age, Dion's age, if you're a little bit older, it also has a bit of an industrial edge to it too, yeah, which sure. is really fucking cool. I was completely blown away. I don't, and this is exactly why we do this episode, the Leftovers episode, because like we were talking about it before we started actually recording. I'm like, how did this not make my top 11 of 2023? Because I've played it a million times. It's, and you loved it. I do love it. It's so fucking good. And I'm just going to say that the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is a song called So Hard to Tell, yeah. which is my favorite single of the year. Like, There's no amount of counting how many times I watch that thing on YouTube. The video is fucking cool. She is beautiful on top of that, but it is very, very cool. When you see her live stuff, like KEXP, and there was this couple live videos that I watched of her at South by Southwest. It's just her and a guy behind the computer, and he's doing his backup stuff. There's all like the electronics, and she's just singing. I can't remember what track it is. There's also a, a thing that she did in Canada last year, in 2023, where she has like an accompaniment of like strings. Uh, so it's a full accompaniment of something from this record. Yep. I can't remember what song it is right now. That's absolutely beautiful. That just absolutely works on that level too. And I just want to say before we move on to the next one, the thing that I love about her, and I'm going to compare her only in the sense that there's a thing that she does vocally. I'm going to compare her to the Party Nails is another musical project that we've talked about repeatedly. She played House Half Mile. There's a thing about her that she has this ache in her voice that just kind of kills me. It just cuts right to my heart. Debbie Friday also has that. There's parts on like So Hard to Tell where she's actually singing that line. There's just this ache in her voice that just kills me. And I hate to say it, it kind of brings me to tears. It brought me to tears today when we listened to it, me and you. I was listening to it with my friend Alan this summer. We were at the beach and we were talking about it and listening to it. And it kind of brought me to tears then. It's so vulnerable and so fucking cool. But on top of that, there's all these like fucking techno bangers in there in the midst of all yeah. of that shit. So if you don't know a thing about Debbie Friday, I cannot recommend her shit enough. Our friend uh, and fellow Lightning Liquor, Brian, who appeared on the podcast on one of the What of the this Fuck? Year, yeah. Yeah. This year, yeah. Um, he messaged me when he picked up that record and he was just like you. He was blown away. He's like, where the fuck did this come from? I cannot wait to play this out. Like, yeah. he was really, really it's excited. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough if that is your thing. Yeah. If electronics is your thing. And she's so young and I love the fact that she's got a foot in all of like, the different like decades and like eras of like electronic music. It's fucking cool. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you got? Next. I got, uh, oh, this is a record. It was uh, entitled Yard. It's by a group that calls themselves Slow Pulp. I was excited for this release. Slow Pulp is an indie rock outfit out of Madison, Wisconsin, but now they work out of Chicago. Definitely Midwest. And this new record is released 
by Anti, which happens to be a label that we trust. That, yeah, that we trust. It's a mostly, great label. yeah, mostly because the, the artists on that label typically get total creative license with their record releases. Yeah. And mostly the Anti stuff is a lot of times it's almost alt country like Americana stuff too. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that these guys are on that label as well. Yeah, it just leads to some really cool shit. And with this record in particular, which is their third full length, is a success. But it sounded way more commercial or mainstream than I expected. But I mean mainstream as in very palatable alternative rock, something that you'd hear on an XMU or an alternative nation. But that is not to say that it isn't great because it is. Slow Pulp is female fronted. Lead singer Emily Massey, she's fucking cool. Great voice, kind of smoky, has an off and breathy delivery. Well-crafted lyrics, songs about becoming an adult and uncertainty and other normal young lady shit from a unique perspective. But I love that stuff. I love acts like we've talked about them before. Snail Mail or Socking Mommy or Julian Baker or even Rat Boys. We had a killer record drop. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, let's talk about Rat Boys. And we <laughs> had also had at the film festival, yeah. they put out a double record. Like you said, all killer, like no filler. That Rat Boys record, as an aside, pick yeah. that shit up. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, so awesome. This is very much in that vein. You know, they seem to do some big numbers stream-wise, so hopefully... They don't get too huge before I get a chance to see them live. <laughs> That's for selfish reasons, right? I well, guess I sure. wish them the best either way, but they are a cool band. And if you haven't checked them out as of yet, you should give them a shot. The track from Yard uh, that I want to feature on our Leftovers mixtape is titled Slugs. And it kind of has this warped tempo, which is cool. Um, the drums are really cool. Would they you sound kind of beat it out. Yeah, it is sluggy. <laughs> so the title of the song, it, it sounds like slugs. But also lyrically, it's clever. She sings the chorus, you're a summer hit, but I'm singing, which is a really sweet way to say essentially, I'm so into you, or you're always on my mind, or I want to jump your bones. Like it's not a love song, it's more of a lust song. Or a crush song, we could say, and I fucks with crush. And you songs. know, we all love the crush. I mean, you love that stuff, hundred percent. All day love long, crush song. all day long, love it. So that is Slow Pulp, uh, the album Yards, the song Slugs. Check it out. A great 2023 release. That's towards the top of my uh, best records of 2023. Jay, do you got another one for us? You know I do. Yeah. And I apologize in advance because I'm probably going to go on about this for about four hours. My next one, I didn't feel like I could include it in the best of because it was recorded previous 2023, but released in 2023. There you go. And that is a record by a band called Brad. Now, I am a huge fan of the early sub-pop stuff. I was a, fuck that, Seattle stuff. I was a huge Green River fan from the beginning, huge into Mother Love Bone. Yeah. And the connection to those two bands is a guitar player, Stone Gossard. I'm not a huge fan of Pearl Jam. I don't dislike them. They just really never did much for me. But at that point, I would follow Stone Gossard. Whatever he was putting out, I was interested in. So there was a label called Loose Groove that was created, that was put out. I think it was actually distributed by Columbia Records because obviously Pearl Jam was huge at the time. There was a band called Brad. I bought this record, the first record, which is called Shame. And that record actually came out in 1993. And I bought it simply because of the Stone Gossard connection. Yeah. There was a drummer who is Regan Hager, who is also the drummer for Malfunction, which was the band that Andrew Wood was in before he formed Mother Mother Love Love Bone. Bone. So it's all very incestuous. A great bass player named Jeremy Toback, who I was also not familiar with until I got into the band, who also put out some really cool solo shit too. Jeremy Toback, just write that shit down and go back and listen to his stuff. But it was fronted by a gentleman I've never heard of whose name was Sean Smith. I didn't know anything about him previous to Brad, and I instantly fell in love with 
The Shame record, which was the first Brad record. His voice, very soulful. He's very, very Prince influenced. His Prince was like one of his favorite artists, and you could kind of hear that in his falsetto. What they did was kind of cool. It was like hard rock, but there was a certain like angle that they took that kind of set them apart from everybody else. Brad made a few records. There was a side project that he had called Satchel with Regan Hagar, that same drummer that I feel like existed because obviously Stone Gossard had previous commitments to yeah. a band called Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam, which was kind of on that same level. And he also had a side project with Steve Fisk, which was more of electronic, which was more Prince-like, called Pigeonhead, Pigeon, H-E-D, one word, and also his solo stuff. I was kind of talking to Deanne about this before we started recording. Sean Smith's music cast a very long shadow on all of my 90s stuff. I loved all that stuff. I loved the Satchel stuff, the Pigeonhead stuff, the Brad stuff, and his solo stuff. Unfortunately, Sean Smith passed away in April of 2019, which was a huge loss. If you don't know anything about Sean Smith, I'm just telling you, go back and start digging into all of that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting to me, too, because I, as any teenager that was into Pearl Jam when they came out, like we did the necessary investigations to find more music before they made their next release. So we got backwards into the Mother Love Bone. I did know Stone Gossard had some solo stuff through the years. We followed that, but this is totally something that I wasn't familiar with. So to me, like, you know, you know the Temple of the Dogs, and you know the story and how that worked. You know the Mother Love Bones, and you follow the guys with their solo works to a certain extent. Yeah, but you know the but malfunction. This was, yeah, this was like the family beyond. tree of Seattle. It missed me, and now that I'm listening to these tracks with you earlier, we play the records for each other, and we dove a little bit deeper. We drop the needle a little more than you, we usually would because Unchained. you wanted to expose me to these records. The They're first fucking record. awesome. Yeah. So I don't want to twist your arm or whatever, but seriously, like check these out. These are fucking great. Yeah, so he passed away in 2019, and they had been working on a new record, and obviously, again, Stone has his obligations with Pearl Jam. Well, they finally were able to get together with another bass player, Stone and Regan, and they actually... It wasn't one of these things that were hodgepodge together. There was some fucking stuff laying around in the studio. This one almost done record. Almost. And they just completed it. And they went into the studio and they put out a record this year called In the Moment That You're Born, which is the last studio stuff that Sean ever did. And it couldn't be a more perfect like epitaph to his career. It's a great fucking record. If you were into the Brad stuff, if you forgot about them, it's very well worth your time to go back and pick that stuff up. I love what he does. Again, he has that Prince falsetto, and I love the combination of between the full-out, full-bore rockers. They also have these kind of piano-driven rock songs that are cool. That's very, very much of what Sean Smith did. But I feel like on this record, it's weird. It was almost like unnerving at a point. Like His voice was a little bit different previously. It was a little bit deeper, which I wasn't prepared for, and I'm not sure why that is. It's still well worth your time. And if you can go back and listen to any of that stuff, it is well worth your yeah. effort and time to go back. It's this, fucking awesome. Yeah, the song that I want to use for it, and I went back and forth on this. There's a couple tracks on there that I was like, I couldn't decide what I wanted to go with. I'm going to go with, I'm making a last minute decision, last second. Because we don't know. A last second call. We don't know. It's a song called Straight to the Hoop. Okay. There was a song previous to that song on the record called Pieces of the Sky in My Hand that's more of like a traditional rocker, which is a great fucking fucking song. Don't don't get me wrong. Check it out. But I feel like Straight to the Hoop is more of that piano-driven rock and roll song that Brad and Satchel are known for. Cool song. Check them out. I can't say it enough. 
And it's cool that the basketball reference is still prevalent with these guys when you think yes. about all the history that yes. is with Mother Love Bone and, you know, Andrew Ware and all the basketball jerseys and the Mookie yeah, Blaylock. The Mookie which was Blaylock. The first. It's just cool. And seeing Andrew Wood yeah. back in the day wearing like the Seattle Supersonics jerseys and stuff. They're jocks. jocks yeah. For good or for ill, they yeah, are. That's sweet. But yeah, check this shit out. It's so good. Awesome. Hey, what's your last one? I got Black Pumas. Oh, uh, Chronicle Ooh. of a Diamond is the name Ooh. of their record release. Now, they made list, my end-of-year best list, like four years ago. In 2019, they won a ton of industry awards as well. They are now back with their sophomore effort, they being Black Pumas. Neo-Soul duo consisting of Adrian Gosada, who we love, and Eric Burton, who is also cool. And look, <laughs> I know. He is. I, I know. Him too. Agreed. I knew that I would like this. They're too talented not to put out really good stuff. They work out of Austin, which is like an indie music hub, obviously. It's a creative hub, really, now, even with the film and even comedy with Rogan opening up the shit up there. But they're really the critical darlings of 2019 into 2020. This first record of theirs, the self-titled, had a lot of legs. It was released in 2019, as we said. In 2020, it won it awards was like some Grammy for Best shit. New Artist. It's fucking crazy how much they got out of this first record, but it speaks to how powerful the songs were. Only time will tell if this new record has that same effect. It is full of well-written songs, but I don't... Initially, I didn't like it quite as much as I did their debut. I think this one is a little bit more contemporary, and Burton is a little bit more out in the open with his vocal ability. I mean, he's got chops, but you know that kind of singing where the artist is like holding the mic loosely with like two fingers in their thumb and like the Mariah Carey bullshit. Yeah. Like, I think I don't think he's doing it intentionally, no. but I think like it's a little show offy <laughs> for my taste. But it's like it's I think he's genuine in it. He's just the way he sings. Yeah. But I would prefer to maybe tone it down a bit. But who the fuck am I to tell Eric Burton to tone it down? Were successful enough without yeah. that information, without that advice. So there's some of that kind of energy in there. Uh, but the songs, uh, they sound less Neil Soul with that Latin sassoon that Quesada brings to the table all the time. And it sounds more blues rock, which isn't a big deal because the songs are so strong. But, you know, it's, it just changes. And when I'm thinking about why this might be, and we've said it before when we talked about sophomore slumps and things, or albums that were considered sophomore slumps, right. but in our minds were successes, is it because a band, right, would have their whole career until they get signed or to whatever, write all those to write all those songs. Yep. Then you get essentially a best of. Yeah. I think a similar thing happened with Black Pumas because you got Adrian Quesada, who is kind of an everywhere man down in Austin. He does a lot of stuff. And he discovers this singer, Eric Burton, and they're going to form this group. And I think they may have showcased just Burton's songs, like his best songs in that first record. So you fall in love with them. Well, on the second record, I feel like this is their fucking sound. Yeah. And like, and I'm here for it. And I know you've talked about it too. And it's such an interesting thing where like you're in one camp or the other. I like the first yeah, one. I like an, the second it's one. It's an interesting dynamic because talking to friends of mine, because I wasn't overly impressed with the first Black Pumas. I know when we did that year end that you were all about that. And I thought it was yeah. okay. But talking to friends, there is a, a very like straight line where the people who love the first one don't care much about the new one and people who don't care much about the first one love the new one. Right. But I don't, and I'm not familiar I'm in with, the third camp. And I'm just going to say, <laughs> I love it all. I yeah. know. So yeah. And so like just but playing the tracks that you played for me today, I kind of feel like as much as the first one didn't really do much for me, the stuff that I've heard from the new one, I'm like, I'm kind of down with that. Right. Yeah. Like I love that. We kind of talked about this too, is that 
Adrian Casada, and I just kind of want to bring this up. There's a alt country Americana, whatever you want to call her, a female artist called Jamie Wyatt. Yeah, and her new record is produced by Adrian Casada. Yeah, and she pulls a complete Sturgill Simpson where she was doing Americana stuff, and it, well, well, here, here, here's my soul record. Yeah. So his influence on her is pretty fucking cool. I'm not gonna lie. So I feel like I need to dig a little deeper on the new record, the yeah. new Black Pumas record. Now it's undeniable that Burton can write songs. The song Colors from their debut may be one of the top songs of the 2010s in retrospect. I'm not sure that that caliber of a song on this release, but still, there's no filler tracks, and it is growing on me. As we speak, I can feel it creeping up. Like, it's just, it hasn't stopped growing on and me. And those are the best records, ones you kind of yeah. have to work at, and then when you finally, they click in, you're like, oh yeah, I get this, it's awesome. I love when that happens. I really have to note that on the last few tracks of the record, there's a really interesting psychedelic feel. Guitars are just perfectly fuzzed out in the background and like the lead instrument seems to be this organ the shit is fucking insane it is really cool and if that is the direction they're going if that's what they intended to do be like here's the last three songs on our record that are a little bit different from what you've heard before but this is the direction we're going that is exciting You're because all the in. choice cut is one of those later tracks it's gemini sun i doubt it's a single but it is a deeper cut but it is cracking and it's like a sonic statement and i love it and i hope you love it too black pumas here to stay cool band great record let us know what you feel about black pumas did you like the first one do you like their yeah. second one are you in my tent, which I'm looking for more people to get into, which is basically like, <laughs> I, love I love them both. Yeah. Like, we can love them both. Yeah. Where I think it's you, a great record. Where do you I, stand? I'm glad that it lived up to expectations for me. Well, and honestly, I feel like any band that can like split a room like that is obviously doing something right. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is their sound. They found their sound and they're just going to grow from here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. My last one. Yeah. I don't know how far deep I want to get into this. My last one is the new Juliana Hatfield record. She is doing a Sings HISGN series. The new record is Juliana Hatfield Sings ELO. If you know anything yeah. about Juliana Hatfield, she was in a band called the Blake Babies. She is kind of like the alternative college rock queen yeah. of the 90s. Yep. But she never stopped making records. I've been a huge fan of hers for probably most of my life. I fucking love her. And she recently signed to American Laundromat, a record label that we trust. trust. She's putting out new cool shit. That label is reissuing the Blake Baby stuff and a lot of her earlier stuff. But she's been really prolific. She's been kind of on fire the last five or six years where she's kind of got this pattern going where she will do like a record of original stuff. But she started doing this Sing series. The first one was Julianne Hanfield Sings Olivia Newton-John. Yep. So she's picking these bands that, or bands and or artists who are super influential to her when she was younger. Like these are bands and artists that she truly, truly loves. That first Julianne Hatfield record is perfect in every way. Some of the proceeds went to whatever cancer organization that Olivia Newton-John was part of. And then she will put out this tribute record. She'll put out a, a new studio record of all brand new stuff. She'll put out another tribute. The second one that she did was Juliana Hatfield Sings The Police, which was fucking cool too. And then she puts out another record of all new stuff. And now the new one, which is Juliana Hatfield Sings Electric Light Orchestra. I love them all. It's a perfect combination. Like I love how on these records, like not only does she pick the songs that everyone knows by Olivia John and the police, and in this case, ELO, just for example, like she does Can't Get It Out of My Head, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. She does Strange Magic, Telephone Line. She does Don't Bring Me Down, which is a song I hate by Electra Lit Orchestra, but Juliana <laughs> Halfwell makes me like it. 
but she's always balances it out with like some of like the more deeper cuts like the ordinary dream and bluebird is dead and secret messages which is really cool so she's in it no one for a minute is doubting that Jeff Lynn was a great songwriter. Yeah, duh. But there's something really, really cool about when you listen to the ELO records the, with the big shiny productions and the background vocals and the strings and the orchestras. They're great songs, but there's a certain charm to hearing Juliana Hatfield doing it with like a three piece with her playing guitar and strip keyboards. A, strip away all the sheen. Please strip down it. Yeah. And every good song, like we've talked about this before, any good song that's worth a shit. You can pull out an acoustic guitar and play it, and it should move you in that mode. And I feel like her simplification of these songs really make these songs shine in a way that you've never heard them before. I can't say enough about this record. Julianne Hatfield sings Electric Light Orchestra. And of course, I'm a 70s kid, so I go back to, like, because I can't get it out of my head, it's like one of my favorite songs of all time. If you were in the 70s, ELO was everywhere, yeah. it was on the radio all the time. It's so cool to hear her take on this, and you should definitely check it out. Whether you're a stodgy old guy who's like, oh, rumpf, I don't need to hear anybody, you know. <laughs> I, and I know guys like that, too, who actually went and heard it, and they're like, yeah, I get, I get what she's doing. So the song that I want to use, initially I was going to go with Can't Get Out of My Head, but you know what? She does such a great version of Telephone Line. Yeah. And I love it's very simple. Again, it's four-piece. I like her little layered vocals. It just really brings out whole sides of the song that you probably maybe didn't hear before or notice before. They're just great pop songs. Fucking cool song. Yeah, and I can't recommend this record enough. Her voice is so cool. And yeah. she can obviously sing, but she's not a show-offer. No, like, not me. at all. I mean, she, and she double-tracks her vocals, and she's no slouch. I mean, she was a Berkeley music graduate. Yeah. So she knows, she knows her she's shit. Doing. She's not yeah. just like, yeah, it's very subtle what she does in the best possible way. Awesome. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Telephone lines going Telephone on the mix. So yeah, check out that Julianne Hatfield sings ELO. Grab it. American Laundromat. Grab Love it. that label. Grab it by the pocket. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Donald Trump in the room. Hey, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. In his house. I didn't mean to say that. That was I stupid. Know. I don't know if you're gonna add it out. No, I'll keep it. I just it's deep in the episode. <laughs> Uh, so as always, thank you. Our next one, we'll jump back into our uh, alphabet episode. So that will be the letter I. Yep. Why are you laughing? Just because I said grab it by the face. Yes. I know, I know. <laughs> this was locker room talk. I'm not proud of it. Ooh. What am I doing? We're going to get canceled and shit. No, um, I'm not worried about that. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm scared of the audience that that might attract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Of, no, but I mean, yeah, you know. I love this time of year. There's so many great releases. Yeah, and there really is. We kind of put ourselves into the position like, oh, we got to own it on vinyl for the most part, unless we couldn't have got it on vinyl. But I'm thinking of... Which just happened. Yeah. And uh, the hip-hop releases this year, which I wasn't able to go over, were fantastic. And just please tell us about that so we can have a conversation about it. Yeah, I have a crate full of shit that yeah. I didn't even get to. And a lot of it's great. It's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, stop in on our Facebook page or whatever or however you listen to our Come stuff. Come into Electric Hitch in person, and then you'll just find one of us there. <laughs> on a Saturday, there, on like, a Saturday all the between time. noon and 2 o'clock, yeah. guaranteed, I will probably be there. <laughs> Go, hey, Jay, this is what I loved last year. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm writing that shit down. You might get on the show. We're going to bring you in as a special super secret friend. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an interest in being a super special secret friend, you know how to know. <laughs> So yeah, so we have our next one coming up. We'll do the alphabet letter I episode, unless we change our minds and do a Valentine's Day episode. Valentine's Day again? Yeah, we can, I don't know. I don't know. We can do anything we want. Like you said, we don't have a boss. Yeah. yeah. Our producers are real lax. 
I don't give a shit. <laughs> but as always, thank you for listening again. You can listen to anything. You can be doing anything right now. The fact that you're taking the time to listen to this, you have no idea how much we appreciate that. It tickles us. It really does. It, it I really, really love it. does. Thank yep. you very much. And again, happy new year. I hope mm-hmm. you have the best 2024, and we'll see you in a few weeks. See you in a few weeks. Ciao. See you later. Ciao. Bye. Sonic contributors to this special 2023 Leftovers edition of Lightning Licks Radio include Howard Gliss, Prince Paul, De La Soul, Ethan Klein, Dinner Party, Michael Gonet, Sonic Youth, Destroyer, Laura Brannigan, The Roots, Wu-Tang Clan, Bully, Soccer Mommy, Mother Love Bone, Stone Gossard, Jamie Wyatt, Olivia Newton-John, The Police, Electric Light Orchestra, Adrian Quesada, DJT, Eric B, Soul Coughing, Lloyd Newman, and Leigh Allen Jones, along with his sister and grandmother. Featured artists include From Jay, Be Your Own Pet, Mega Bog, Debbie Friday, Brad, and Juliana Hatfield. Dion brought Odyssey, Sparkle Horse, Black Thought, and L. Michael's Affair, Slow Pulp, and Black Pumas to the dining room table. Your leftover mixtape is forthcoming. You stupid. You when the last time you been to school? My older sister Janelle. When she was my age, 13, she was an honor student. She won the spelling bee. She was just salutatorian of her class. Then when she hit 14, she started bugging out, hanging around with the wrong crowd, staying out all night, stopped going to school. The week before we did our recording, Janelle almost died. She drank too much and had to be rushed to the hospital. Can I interview you? Come on. Uh, Janelle, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm very energetic. I like to have a lot of fun. I like to drink a lot. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You smoke marijuana? No, I don't. Yes, you do. Tell the truth. No, I don't. Thank you. The weather takes me back to the days of crazy summers Without Blanche telling me to run and play the numbers I'm trying to make it to the park To satisfy your hunger for the DJ cutting up less dance or funky drummer Those gorilla-sized speakers was taller than five feet Hus, the roof by the basketball courts That's where my seat was Where power lines were full of pigeons or fly Sneakers that died a miserable death Hanging high in the heat But I wouldn't change a thing if I could What made me is everything The bad, the ugly, the good It's understood that South Philly was a marvel I never be one to argue The cracks in the pavement front steps Made a marvel the smell of pine saw My grandmother kept them clean Y'all a vestibule's a section of floor Behind the screen door Runners over the shag carpet I'm not feeling wood paneling on the walls Up to the drop Sealing all the furniture draped In thick transparent layers of vinyl All the chairs, the sofa, the record player Kept Mahalia spinning Many be grinning Knowing I done spent the day a penny pitching and sinning See her in the kitchen cooking fish and chicken Depending on what day it is If I'm staying there then yeah That's just the way it is If she say it is In many crib the time froze After sundown You keep them curtains and the blinds closed Watch how far back the lazy boy recline goes Peppermints and a lazy Susan Never mind those TV on Whether or not somebody watching it The floor model was broke Portable on top of it The last bastion of hope The document the error was cold of color imagery and memories put together Throw the keys down to Keisha Tell her slide up 
box full of her possessions said, this side up. Last night a baby father came home, hot up, tight, talking about the way his money all tied up. Shades covering her eyes, what? We gon' ride up, homie in for a surprise. I don't want from when we played half ball, stick ball, dodgeball, and kickball from 10 in the morning till somebody got pissed off. Hollering about, aight, it's over, I ain't fucking with y'all. Fiends on the corner always preparing for liftoff. Grown people used to get dressed to come and sit cross-legged on their relative steps. We all chips off the block, the sips off the pop. We pass round like a hit from a split. You take two and pass it down. Herd immunity, the definition of community. The only neighbor that never knock is opportunity. Them old heads be shooting crafts and dropping jewelry and high-top sneakers and slacks. But it's a eulogy twice a month. Cocaine prices up. People get their wigs peeled, shaking them dices up. I heard it's some weak brothers claiming they nice as us. When it's time for a show of force, the price is what? Innocence is lost over crime. We was all before our crime. Some was married to the game, then divorced it over time. Faded pictures in a frame helped to form a frame of mind into a train of thought capable of stopping on a dime.
sing that song for us? When my voice all messed up.
many people on many things, but never me, and that's beginning to bear strain. My mother's hands, my father's shoulders, my friend's ears. I don't complain, I just pretend I'm in the clear. Disappear when I'm at my worst and I hide and work. Oh, my career to turn it hurt into ideas, to perseveres, a double edge, I run ahead. The devil back, cause what I fled still interferes. Two stepping off the pivot, been a traveler before I was a passenger, my baggage was just adding up. Blowing up, I came to starboard as a happy fear. Getting 86, any second like the challenger. I know enough how to hold a bluff when it's going tough. Feel like collapsing, but hold it up just for showing such. With many hats, but no graduation to throw it up. All I know is clutch. All right, baby. All right, baby. Keep it moving. I don't stop. Keep it moving. I don't stop. All right, baby. Crazy times we living in. Adam probably said that after God created him. We would say the same sagas of our great fathers. The day ain't harder, you just bother by the same events. Feel my greatest attributes is what I'm lacking to. Free from opinions, so I never learn to package truth. Disagree with the consensus and they after you. But what comes after you? My experience is a narrative, but this it is apparent. If you listen, there's an urge. Try skipping when I'm scared. My depiction painted fear. Can't resist a quick repair. Not alive, you believe it. Won't admit when I'm embarrassed. Never try to be deceiving, but the pride me was leading. When you hide it, you depleted. People lining for a share. When they take a arm and leg, wonder if they see me bleeding, but they don't. I repeat what got me sewing what I wear. All right, baby.
Thank you.